you're really the, um, the wire person because the physician is focused on the groin and dilating. So you're making sure that um, that wire is moving back and forth for them when they're dilating. Welcome to ED ECMO. Welcome. Welcome to ED ECMO. Welcome. 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 This is ED ECMO. All right, ED ECMO. This is Zach Shiner. It is July 2018. And today we are going to talk about the wire assistant. Now, this has been a big change for us. This has probably been the biggest thing for us in 2018. We have started to realize how important the person that holds the wire in the back is to us. We had our last recent cases, we've had cannulation times that have been unbelievable, less than 10 minutes in each of them. I think one of them we had down to below six minutes. And so we are realizing how important this role is. So today you're going to hear basically two different conversations. One is with Alyssa Baldini. She is one of our ER techs, meaning the person that answers the phone calls, the person that does the EKG, the person that goes and gets things for us. But also she is trained to be our wire assistant. And this is because of our conferences, reanimate. She has been at all of our reanimates and she has learned how to do this and now is a key, key component of our cannulation here in the ER. So you're going to hear from Alyssa. You're going to hear a second conversation with Joe and I sort of reiterating some of this stuff and going over it in more detail. So let's get it started. Alyssa Baldini. Hi. Um, so my role at Sharp is an ER tech, ER and trauma tech. So I assist you guys. I assist the nurses with all kinds of tasks in the ER, from bedside to everything but, else. But you were way more than that. <laughs> and over the years, how have you been involved with uh, ECMO and our training courses? So I've been involved with Reanimate since R one. Um, you guys kind of asked a group of us to help you out in the simulation lab and. I've learned a lot, and it's been really helpful when we've had ECMO cases here, um, kind of knowing the process and the steps and um, kind of when that would happen. And you were as even the event coordinator for our last R4, which I went was. phenomenally. Yes, that was fun. And so today we're going to talk about this role of the wire assistant, because we found that this is just so much more important than we initially appreciated. Yeah, no, it's been um, great to be able to help you guys kind of get people on the pump faster, just kind of knowing what the steps are and what comes next and being able, being ready. And so let's teach. If we want to teach somebody from the basics to all the way to the end, how do you be a, a successful wire assistant? Um, well, just kind of knowing um, all the steps in the process and knowing the equipment. So knowing like all the dilators and, um, you know, kind of everything that they're going to need next. So, you know, when they're starting from a central line or um, a five French arterial line, kind of the next step would be to, you know, put the super stiff Amplats long wire on so they can start um, dilating up and get to those bigger ECMO cannulas. And so we've now got, we've got the patient, we're resuscitating him, we put in our placeholder lines, which is a nine French in the vein, a five French in the artery. We are now trying to get up to our big ECMO cannulas and we need someone to help us. So what is that process? Yeah, so the, you know, the starting process, if you're at a 9 French on the venous side and you're trying to get up to a 21 or a 23 French, you're going to use the this set of dilators to kind of dilate up to that size. Um, so like I said, the first step would be to put the super stiff Amplatz wire in there so um, these long cannulas can, you know, it can accommodate those. 
and so you get that wire on and then um, you're going to go to your set of dilator trays which you know look a lot like that um, nine French or five French um, dilator that they first used and it's just dilating up um, going through all the sizes and you know passing it to the physician as um, they're using one and then pulling it off the wire. Okay, and then after we've gone through the dilation set we put into the, the large cannula on the venous side, we're talking about 21, 23 French. Yes. Then what's the next step? So then the next step would be um, to, they're going to pull out this white piece of the cannula and clamp off the cannula. And so when that ha it happens pretty quickly and you want to be ready with a sterile clamp, and it's kind of a two-person process or two-person task. And so um, it's good to have somebody that kind of has seen how that works because you're going to have all this blood backflowing out of the cannula as soon as they pull that white piece out. So you want to be ready with the clamp, um, and they're going to be pulling that out quickly and clamping quickly. And if you're not ready, I mean, that blood can go all over the wall. Yeah, it can be a all total over everywhere. disaster. Yes. So the wire system is so important. So we talked about it. We talked about how you put the wire in, how we dilate up, this concept of pin and pull and push and rack. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, you can help um, with racking, and you can, you're really the, um, the wire person because the physician is focused on the groin and dilating, so you're making sure that um, that wire is moving back and forth for them when they're dilating to prevent any kinks in the wire. Um, and then you're also making sure that that wire end is staying sterile and you're keeping track of that wire end and not losing it. That's super important as well. Right, because these wires are long. They go off the end of the bed. Yes. They can be sitting on the floor for the whole time, and that's definitely not sterile technique. Right. Okay, so we talked about uh, pin and pull, push and rack. We talked about how we need to dilate up. We talked about um, the whole clamping off process. Anything else from your standpoint? Yeah, no, just kind of knowing what comes next and being ready and, you know, it's and like I said, really I think helpful we've, for you guys, I think. We've underappreciated this role and we've seen other facilities like, you know, Dimitri out in, in Minneapolis is a cardiologist. He's in the cath lab. This is what they do all day long. They have techs that, that pull and push and get wires off and change out cannulas. And so in the ER setting, this is actually a skill set that needs to be taught. And having your department have the sophistication to, to do that can really improve your cannulation time. So if, we're, if our goal is to get down to these six-minute cannulation times, the only way to do that is with a wire assistant that is right on top of it. And we just had our last case, which was pretty great, where we had a, a, the wire assistant did, did some great work for us in the ER. Yeah, and I think we've noticed that kind of the last few cases where there has been a wire assistant versus before where there wasn't always that person that was, you know, right there with you guys and how much of a difference it can make, so. Okay, so that's Alyssa. Now I'm going to jump over to a conversation that Joe and I had, which I think will give you much more insight into how we feel this role goes. So, Zach, let's talk about a little bit about what is the role of the wire assistant? So the wire system, we, we break it down into probably three major things. And the first thing that we have come to, come to use them as is to make sure that we have a sterile field. And I think one of the, the transforming things for me is to get that huge drape, the huge drape that hopefully most of you have on your ECMO cart, and just throw it over the patient's legs. So all of a sudden you go from a, um, you know, 
dirty, smelly, all this stuff that came in from the medics. You now have a sterile field that you can start putting a bunch of things on. The wire assistant's first job is to make sure that that field is there. Okay, and so who is going to be your wire assist? Who acts in this role at our place? So at our place, we have very well-trained techs. Now, this is going to be institution-specific. So you want somebody who knows the procedure, knows the procedure well. The most experienced person that's not currently doing something should be the wire assistant role. For us, we because of Reanimate, which is January 30th and 31st next year, for all of you that are, are already signed up or are going to sign up soon, uh, we train, we have our techs go through that every single time. They know the procedure as well as anybody in the world. And so in our facility, we have our techs do it. Maybe if you're in an academic center, this might be a resident that's with you. Or if you're at a um, you know, community hospital, if you have an extra doc on hand that can assist you, that would be ideal. So I'm on the right hip. A patient comes into the ER with chest compressions going on, out of hospital cardiac arrest. I start the process of cannulating. Somebody arrives at my right hip. In our case, that's usually going to be one of our techs, uh, an extra doc, or uh, in some cases, um, an extra set of hands. You talked about them placing a sterile field or assisting with that. What is the next step? So after the sterile field, we're starting about taking out the dilators and getting your long wire ready. So the cannulator is going for the vessel. They, If it's the artery, obviously it's going to be more difficult than the vein. But once they get that in, you want somebody that can immediately put a wire in the back of your needle so that you don't lose that vessel. So if that's your Amplatz wire, great. If that's a soft wire, you know that's great as well. But they need to first have their wire on hand. Okay, so either uh, 145 centimeter Amplatz wire or the softer wire in some cases, they are going to assist you with handing you that wire that's going to be put into the back of one of your two initial cannula uh, placements. In our case, five French radial, uh, I'm sorry, five, five French arterial and nine French cordis into the femoral vein. You're saying that the wire assist is going to be assisting you getting that wire into position. Exactly. And so this is, I've gone through the years with different techniques. My current technique is that I don't use a plunger. I don't use a syringe on the back of the needle. I just go with straight hand into the vessel and see the flashback. If it's arterial and you're getting chest compressions, you you may have some idea that this is arterial versus venous. Hopefully your ultrasound is guiding you in that way. But as soon as I get that blood, I want that wire in as quickly as possible. If you have an extra set of hands, this is ideal. Okay, so you've got a wire assistant to your right. He hands you the, let's say, Amplatz wire. You put the Amplatz wire through your nine French uh, cordis, let's say, that is in your femoral vein, and you're going to get ready next to do the venous cannulation. So uh, you you put the wire in, and you're going to take your nine French out, your stage one catheters come out, and what happens next? So now we're talking about dilation, and the main thing that the wire assistant does is ensures that you don't overdilate. The cannulator is wrapped up into that that first part, that part right by the groin, and it's so easy to accidentally grab a dilator that's bigger than the actual cannula that you're going to put in. And if you do that, then you've got big problems because you've got a hole bigger than the hole that you're going to seal up, and you can have bleeding throughout the whole stay that they're on ECMO. So this is about communication. So if I'm going to put in a 21 French, by example, venous cannula, I'm going to specifically ask for a specific dilator, and that wire assistant should know where that dilator is. 
So yeah, so for venous versus arterial, we change how many dilations we do. I typically do two to three on the venous side and one to two on the arterial side. Yeah, me too. And so the, the wire assistant maybe has their own preference, but there should be some communication as far as how we're going to go. If it's a 17 French artery that you're putting in, maybe you do a 12 and a 16. If it's a 21 venous cannula, then maybe you're going to do a 12, 16, 20 dilation uh, to get you to the right place. Perfect. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty of the technique. So the wire assistant is going to, you ask for a 12 French dilator to put over the Amplatz wire. Your wire assistant grabs the Amplatz wire, right? The very end of it. Uh, you might want to say something about uh, wire, uh, uh, being aware of the end of that wire, where that wire is. These 145 centimeter, um, you know, Amplatz wires can sometimes go off uh, the foot of the bed. And often the end of that wire, the very tip of that wire, which is very sharp, is just happens to be right at eye level. Oh, man. That, that, I mean, it's just, it's so close to have happened so many times yeah. in our place. Thankfully, it hasn't happened. But if you have a wire assistant that can kind of control the end of that wire, especially if you did as we did, which is accidentally buy 260-centimeter wires, <laughs> then you, um, you can keep control of that and ensure the, the safety of other people in the room. So good point. 145-centimeter wires are ideal for ECMO. And usually when that's in correct position, the end of that wire is somewhere near the patient's foot. But that's also just about eye level for anybody standing at the end of the bed. So you want to be cognizant of that. So let's, again, talk technique. So uh, you're gonna, your wire assist is going to take the 12 French uh, dilator and pass it on to the end of the Amplatz wire and then hand that dilator to the operator or to the line doctor. What is the wire assistant doing next? So this is, this is another thing that we've learned from other people in the world. Vin Pellegrino will give mad props out to the Australians and the Alfred. The idea that you rack a wire that the wire assistant is holding the back of the dilator loosely as the cannulator is pushing it in. But as they're holding the back of it, they're pushing the wire in and out to ensure or at least try and minimize the chance that you're going to kink the wire. So racking back and forth like one to two centimeters, just micro racks back and forth, almost oscillating back and forth. The, uh, the wire assistant is, uh, in this case, probably using their left hand on the wire, left holding the wire between their thumb and their forefinger and just slow, like quickly racking it back and forth as they're following the dilator in that's being passed by the line doctor. The line doctor is going to basically nearly hub that dilator, bring the dilator back out, keeping cognizant of the wire that's still in the groin and make sure that wire doesn't move anywhere, and then pass that dilator back to the wire assist. Okay, so I am taking the dilator that I just placed in over the wire back off, back out of the patient. I am cognizant of where the wire is and make sure that the wire does not move. And then I'm going to take that dilator. Let's say that's a 12 French dilator, and I'm going towards a 21 French uh, venous cannula. So what I'm going to do then is I'm going to ask you for the next size dilator that I want. I'm going to pass that dilator off and I'm going to ask you for a, let's say, 16 French dilator. I pass that dilator off to my wire assist. The wire assist then needs to be cognizant of two things. Number one is when they take that dilator out, put it back in the tray where it belongs. If, as soon as you take that off, your, your, your hesitation is, or your, 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 uh, your thought is to kind of toss it onto the field because you think you're never going to need that dilator again. But often you've got to go back to a smaller dilator at times. So I'd recommend that you put that dilator back into the kit exactly where you got it from. It's in a tray and they're all lined up. So the next one, let's say, Zach, you're going to pass off as a 16 French dilator. So you're going to pass that to me. And as you pass it to me as the doc, I'm going to start putting that through skin. And exactly the same as you just said. 
you've got one hand loosely on the back of that dilator while the other one is racking. Okay, so we've done that twice, uh, no need to beat a dead horse. So we take that dilator out, and the next thing that's going to come is going to be your cannula. And so you want to talk about how to set up the cannula for uh, placement into the vessel. Sure. So we're going to talk about both venous and arterial sides slightly separately. The different companies produce different types of cannula, so that will also contribute to the exact uh, algorithmic steps that you take. But the wire assistant needs to be responsible for getting the cannula ready for insertion. That may include putting a stopcock on the back of the cannula. That will uh, most likely incur... Uh, include putting an inner dilator inside the cannula and then having that cannula ready to go in. On the arterial side, we're going to talk about once that cannula goes in, you have a stopcock on the side or a side port cannula on the side of that that needs to have a stopcock on it. So that should be the job of the wire assistant. On the venous side, you also have the problem of making sure that you don't over-insert or under-insert that cannula. So before you started this whole process, ideally you measured the length from the right atrium or about the right atrium um, to the skin incision, and you should remind the cannulator what place they should stop. On the arterial side, even more important is that you don't over-insert that cannula so that you don't create a bigger hole than you want to in the vessel. Yeah, so these are actually really good tips for the line doctor or the cannulator, but it's really helpful to have a really good uh, wire assist who can just remind you of these things as you're as they're passing the dilators over, they're passing the lines over to you. They can remind you, hey, we're going to 44 centimeters on this. We've already pre-measured it. Remember, don't go past 44 centimeters on the venous line or, hey, don't overhub this as they're passing you the arterial line. Those are really, really good points. So let's say now as the wire assist, you pass, you, you have assembled the inner dilator into the venous cannula. Uh, you have about a 21 French venous cannula. You're passing that over the uh, amplats. Uh, and as you're passing that over the amplats, just like all Seldinger te- technique, do not forget to watch for the end of the wire on the back side of that cannula because that is a very long cannula. So again, you're going to be pulling wire out until you get the tip of the um, cannula or the tip of the inner dilator into the skin and then keep passing wire back until you get wire out the back side. The wire assist uh, person needs to be uh, cognizant and have a hold of that wire as as the uh, cannula is being passed. And again, as that cannula is being passed, the wire assist can continue with um, following along the uh, the cannula and doing that micro uh, oscillations of racking as we talked about earlier. So now uh, what's going to typically happen as the cannulators, you're passing this in and sometimes this is the point where we come into some troubles. Right, Zach? So we've all had troubles that feels like on the venous side, usually as we're passing the cannula in and the uh, connector piece or the, the point of contact between the inner dilator and the cannula, there's a little shoulder right there, and that often catches on fascia. So there are a couple things that as cannulators we understand that we can do as troubleshooting, but it's really good for the wire assist to have an idea of what those things are and anticipate what the cannulator might need. Why don't you talk a little bit about some troubleshooting things you can do if you cannot get your cannulas in. For sure. So these troubleshooting things are, you know, I'm, I bet um, a thousand of you have different ways of doing this. And please leave these in the show notes because it'd be really good, helpful for us to learn how you troubleshoot the insertion of these cannulas. Uh, I would be very interested. One of the, Some of the things that we've learned is that that little fascia gets caught on the edge of the cannula. And sometimes we can improve that by simply elevating the hips. One of the tricks we use is on the crash cart, you typically have the backboard that you use for chest compressions. 
That backboard, if you actually put it right underneath the pelvis, you put it underneath the pelvis and you eliminate that soft bed that so many of us resuscitate on and you create a hard surface, will allow those cannulas to go in so much easier. So that's troubleshooting number one. Number two is that you can actually use a knife and increase the size of your incision. So go right along the wire. You don't go down into the vessel, of course. But just to get some of that soft tissue out of there, that can also aid in your um, insertion of the final cannula. And then the last thing that you can use is actually use a Kelly clamp. Just simply go next to the wire, put the Kelly clamp in, spread out a little bit, and, uh, and that can assist. The Australians use a, a, a technique also that we've learned, which is that they twist the dilator as you go out, trying to break up more of that fascia to just increase the size of that hole that you're, without increasing the size of the actual hole into the vessel. Okay, so you're a good wire assist. Uh, I am pla- I'm doing the cannulation, and Zach, you're going to be the wire assist. And as uh, I'm placing the venous cannula, I'm uh, starting to pass it in. It passes over the, the, the shoulder at the edge of that cannula, so it goes into the fascia well, and I'm starting to pass this dilator, and it's going – I'm not, sorry, the cannula in, and it's going well. As that's going, you're going to remind me, hey, doc, it, you, know, you, you can only go to 44, 43, 44 centimeters, whatever you've pre-measured that cannula to. And as I'm doing that – that goes into that level. I put the metal uh, tube clamp uh, where it belongs on the edge of the cannula, and then we start the process of removing the inner dilators and the stopcock that's on the back or the stopper that's on the back. And so one of the things that the wire assist can do at this point is really assist you with getting those out and out of the way. So getting the wire has to come out first. Then the uh, stop, if there's a stopper on the back, that has to pop off, and then that white inner dilator has to come off. And as you pull that out, that wire assist will be able to grab that whole thing and move out of the way as a little bit of blood pours off the back of that cannula that you just placed. Yeah, I, I think this is something where you, you realize that actually having a, a great wire assistant can even be better than someone experienced at ECMO. Because every single time people try and pull out the wire and the dilator together and they end up clamping the wire, right? So if you have an experienced wire assistant, they know that you've got to get the full wire out of there. Otherwise, you're going to clamp it in the middle of the sheath and then you're going to have this bloody mess trying to get the, the, the thing out. So pull the whole wire out, then pull the dilator out, and then clamp it. So we've just talked to you about stage one and stage two with the key role in this position as the wire assistant who really makes a difference, can make or break whether or not a cannulation goes smoothly. Uh, moving on to stage three, we really don't have any role for the wire assist. We won't discuss that here. Um, but we did, you know, we've got a couple of examples of successful cannulations in a couple of patients that were pretty heroic wins for us where our techs who were uh, reanimate uh, helpers, you know, who were involved with this exact process. And uh, Zach, you want to talk a little bit about um, some of? Uh, no, this is. I mean, this is you, Joe, right? I mean, Joe, you had a fantastic case where one of our techs, Mike Nybecker, uh, assisted you at the wire. He is, you know, he's not a med student. He's not a resident. He's not a doctor. He's not a nurse. But he did a fantastic job of giving you the right dilators and allowing the cannulation to be successful on someone that walked out of the hospital neurologically intact. And then we had another case recently where he was also involved with the case you were involved with and did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'm telling you, our, our cannulation times, they're not Dimitri, not, not yet, Dimitri. but they're pretty close. And that and I think the, the main take-home here is that in the cath lab, they have dedicated people who do this all the time. How do we m- make our scenario in the ER or I, our scenario in the ICU or our scenario out on the field as close to that as possible? 
All right, so today's episode was a short one about a person that we feel strongly about, the wire assistant. The idea of the wire assistant pr- primarily is to keep sterility, to rack the wire, to prevent overdilation, and to prevent safety with the tip of the end of the wire. And to make sure the doctors don't screw the whole thing up. Yeah, I mean, it's true. They, you, your cannulator is, is knee-deep in there, and sometimes they can do really dumb things. So having two people there that are thinking about it is important. And then we talked about a couple of different tricks. And we talked about how each institution will be different as far as who they train for that position. But I would encourage all of you, if you have not done this in your hospital, make a person be a dedicated wire assistant and train them well. And for those of you who have done this a lot and we, you think that we've missed something here, please, please, please reach out to us. Uh, put some comments in the show notes or reach out to us by email. We'd love to add your comments to this, uh, to this uh, episode. So um, anyhow, oh, let's talk reanimate real quick. Advertisement. Advertisement. January 30th, 31st, San Diego. We're going to have a crew of unbelievable people. All the good people are back. Uh, We mentioned it before. We have a couple people that I can't say yet, but I'm really hopeful they're coming. And if they do, it is going to be so amazing. Learn ECMO. Learn ECPR. Learn Reboa, as controversial as that may be right now. I'm Joe Beleza. And I'm Zach Shiner. And we're signing out.